Welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Halloween Sunday. Ainley here with you until 7. Coming up, we have reaction to today's Premier League games where there are wins for Leeds and West Ham are currently leading in their game away to Aston Villa. We will hear from Cork City women's players Christina Dring and Sarah McKevitt, as well as manager Paul Farrell as they aim to break the women's league attendance record next Saturday. Ger McCarthy was at Parky Cueve and will provide reaction to today's Bond Secures Premier Senior quarterfinals. There is also semi-final action in the Cork Ladies Football Senior A Championship. We hear from Davy Fitz also. That's all coming up before 7. listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. I'm Aidan Leahy and happy Halloween, of course. Uh, thanks for joining us this Sunday evening. The Premier League is really starting to ramp up, isn't it? Uh, West Ham currently in action against Aston Villa at Villa Park. David Moyes has them absolutely ticking. They could go level and probably will go level with Manchester City on points uh, if they take the win there. Of course, yesterday was shocks galore, wasn't it? Really uh, playing into Chelsea's hands, who were three points clear of Liverpool, who drew with Brighton and, of course, Man City. Uh, lost 2-0 at home to Crystal Palace. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer steadied the ship somewhat with a 3-0 win, albeit against a poor Spurs side, and you have to wonder if Nuno will outlast Ole. Uh, Roy Keane was in flying form on Sky Sports last night, I'm not sure if you saw it. He was imitating Harry Maguire before the game, and he absolutely stuck the boot right into Spurs at full time. Now, there were two quarterfinals in the Bond Secures Premier Senior Football Championship, Castlehaven faced Valley Rovers at two, then at four was Clonakilty versus Duhallow. And as ever, John McCarthy was our man there with his eye on the action. Joining me on the line is John McCarthy, who was down at Parky Quay for the quarterfinals of the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship. Jar, before we get to what was a convincing win by Castlehaven, first of all, Clonakilty, my God, what a turnaround. Uh, that That's exactly it. What a turnaround at one point in the second half. Ed, they were like, I think it was one nine to six points down. The game looked dead and buried, but... Somehow, some way, Clonakilty dug deep. And I think, as people were saying in the press box, what they actually did was they took the handbrake off and went for it. Surprisingly, Duhalo um, stayed, kept the same shape, didn't actually change too much of their tactics. And Clonakilty took full advantage. They whittled down the lead slowly but surely. Now, they had a big win behind them, to be fair. But Darrow Shades free-taking. And right near the end, from the, from the tightest of angles, Cork senior Sean White, floating it over the bar and from that they held on and defended it looked like Paul Walsh had one last chance he was going to split the post and send it extra time but it just tailed wide and kind of they held on and huge celebrations at the end for, for their supporters um, an unexpected win and even more unexpected with the way the game had been going and absolutely tired uh, conditions as well at the park I imagine <laughs> yeah, you were lucky you were the studio today. Um, it was I've never known it to be so cold, and it's the first time I've ever seen laptops actually move along the press the press area with the wind. The first game was way, the conditions were way way worse. In fairness to Castlehaven Valley Rovers, second game for Clan and for Duhallo, it did the the rain eased off and the wind did die down a bit, but it was still incredibly difficult and slippy for the players. The first half of this Clan Duhallo game was utterly forgettable, apart from Jerry O'Connor's goal. That looked like it was going to be enough for Duhallo to come through, but as we said just there. 
there a second ago, Clannock Kilty, like with Joe Grimes at midfield and their other Kerryman, Darrow O'Shea. But I think some of the supporting cast today deserve mention as well. Conor Daly, Ross Mannix, um, Gerard Barry. Uh, it was a real, real team effort. And at the back as well, they held firm when they needed to against a very, very experienced Duhalo forward line. And a mention also for Cork goalkeeper Mark White, who spent most of the second half up in the other end of the pitch, coming way out and bringing new meaning to the whole idea of a sweeping goalkeeper, as did... Um, Carl Holland for Duhalo as well he came forward as well it seems to be a new thing we're seeing more and more of it at the club game but look Conor Kilty out of absolutely nowhere in the middle of the second half just going for it when the time was right and pulling off a shock win and uh, a semi-final low against Douglas and then of course Castlehaven got the job done against Valley Rovers in the first game they did, and this was a, like I, I can't really paint the picture any worse than you know the wind and the rain was absolutely terrible for both sets of players. It was a really tight, really tight first half with very very little in it, and Valleys looked to be well in the game, especially because they were playing into the wind, which is you know incredibly difficult at the best of times. But today, like with the rain and and the wind coming straight down, the fact that they were with Castlehaven just coming up to the halftime break, it looked like they'd have the benefit in the second half, and things were going their way. And then Castlehaven's two talismanic players Brian Hurley quick thinking uh, a fantastic pass right into the path of Mark Collins who ghosted in behind the defence and his goal would actually prove crucial now the second half Valley Rovers in fairness to them they tore out of the block scored three or four points I think it was four points in a row consecutively and we had a real game on again but unfortunately as their manager uh, Paul Holland and we'll hear that interview a little later on as well as Paul Holland said um, their legs just kind of went at that point and Castlehaven took full advantage and, and after that it was the Haven who kicked for home and they just had that extra step and they also had a few players off the bench that made a difference like Robbie Minahan and Connor Callan and people like uh, young players like that that are coming through and they tacked on some late scores to, to you know to, to be fair to them to put somewhat of an unfair glass on the final score but I think that that, that second half performance will give manager James McCarthy a lot of heart in awful conditions um, the Haven came through and they're going to need that in the semi-finals when they take on the Bears I'm not sure what way things are going to work next year but I can't imagine players are going to look forward to too many more days like this at this stage of the year playing important championship games yeah, it's a good point, actually, because, you know, on a, on a summer's day, I think we would have had a much bigger crowd. That's the first thing. I think we had a decent crowd considering the conditions for both games, but we would have had a much bigger crowd, a better atmosphere, and we would definitely have had better matches. I think uh, we asked uh, James McCarthy after the game, did they have to adjust, and Paul Holland as well, they had to adjust their tactics based on the, on the weather that morning. They would have had a game plan that went out the window, and they had to play more conservatively, which both teams did in that, in that opening game. So did Duhallow and Clan, but I mean, the difference in quality in the first half in both games, I have to say, fair play to the Haven and Valley Rovers for putting in such a fantastic performance considering the conditions they were playing in. Um, It it, it does beg the question about the summer football, but unfortunately, uh, as you know, inter-county championship will take precedence. And if we're going to have more inter-county championship games, it means there's going to be an even more of a squeeze on the club championship in Cork, which it looks like it will go later and later in the year. The only good thing about the Cork County Championship this year is that the structure of the championships now means there's something to play for in the final round of group matches, which is fantastic for everyone involved. And it does add a little bit 
of intrigue when you have those extra quarterfinals to play. You know, it, it, the onus is on you to do well in your group and not just take it handy. You, if the more points you score, and the, the more wins you get. The better you, like, look at Douglas; they went straight into a semi-final, um, and they, they avoided any potential banana skin, which is what happened to Duhallow today. So, I mean, the championship structure is is really, really good, right right across the board for hurling and football. But yes, the time of year is having a big bearing on it, and who knows when the semi-finals come up? We might have, hopefully, we won't have as bad weather. Um, but with this time of year, we can't rule that out. We, we can't rule out snow either coming at this time of year. Jar, <laughs> you've uh, you've earned a, a cup of tea for yourself. Thanks a million. And uh, that's Jar McCarthy down at Parky Cueve. Thanks, Jar. Thanks, Jar. Absolutely uh, tired. Uh, horrendous uh, conditions at Parky Cueve for those two games. But uh, as we mentioned, it was uh, James McCarthy's Castlehaven side who got the job done. And uh, Jar McCarthy caught up with him after the game. Conditions and the way uh, Bellies played the game, they were strong up the middle and we played a pile of ball up the middle and they were turning us over. But to be fair, out there, it, it, it's tough going. But that last goal, or the goal before half-time, like no better man than Matt, to slip in behind the defence and we were after telling him to push up. Because we, we were going for broke, you know. They weren't going to score too much against the wind, so we said, Matt, to push up. And look, it was a dream. Yeah, it, it's a, it gave us a five-point cushion going in at half-time that maybe we mightn't deserve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You and know. then they got four immediately on the, on the result. Correct, you know. What are you thinking? Um, again, we, we we could have made changes again at that stage when we said settled because there's usually the powers you're doing to be taking off, but so there's no ball going up over the halfway line. Yeah. Next thing we started motoring again. And to be fair, I, I think there was only one team from there on in. And we, we played very well. We asked them for a reaction at halftime. Um, you know, they got points from a, a, few, a few frees. Um, I think there was only one team in it in the second half. After the first five to seven minutes, I think. Yeah, when your big players really stood up today, didn't they? I like Brian Hurley. It's a joy to watch him again. You know, I, I'm delighted for him because, you know, what the young player has put his body through over the last few years just to come back and play with Castle Edmund and, and, and for Cork but uh, you know I'm back in Parky Key but I'm delighted for it yeah, and Conor Driscoll in the corner yeah you know Conor's our secret weapon this year you know they're, they're, they might be watching the two Harleys and then Conor comes up trumps in the other corner yeah. and we have options and we're at, you know Robbie Minahan came on there young fella played very well when he came on so you know we're in the last four that's where we wanted to be yeah last year you went straight to the semi-final this year you played a game is there a benefit? Either way? As I answered the question during the week, if if you're like Douglas and you're in there, you, you won't complain. But I, I think a game like this will stand to you. And the more times our young lads play in Parky Keep, the better for anyone. Like, you know, some of them are always there, but, you know, we're delighted to be playing here today. And, and the pitch is immaculate. Like, it, it helps good football. And I think we played outstanding football there in the second half. Yeah. Did you have to alter your tactics when you saw the weather? 100% yeah. Um, we didn't think it would be as bad today. And, you know, sometimes you can't plan for it either. You don't have time. You tell the players do this and that. But with a gale of wind at your back, very hard to play with it as well. And a mass defence. So, Valley's found it the same. Yes, we did change our tactics. And we changed them again at halftime. And thanks be to God, they worked. When you look at, you talk about your French players and the young players coming through and the fact that they're meshing with the older players, the more established ones, but when you get to the latter stages of a championship now, you need all of them to stand up and be counted. Was there any stage today, especially in the second half, were you a little bit worried when Valleys were coming back into it, when you were looking at your bench, or did you trust who you had out there at the time? 
we made that call and we said we trusted what we were doing there and we, we left them settle and we spoke to them at half time and we said that we need reaction here because we weren't happy with their performance in the first half and w- w- the players made a, a conscious decision that they were go- not going to leave that game there and I think maybe last year we would have made changes I think we're longer on the road we're, we're trusting our players more mm-hmm. and um, maybe in the sideline we're, we're a bit more steady as well you know a knee-jerk reaction we're down four points we're up a couple of points yes, take off yes. some pillar yeah. but maybe the ball didn't go up that way do you know so we trusted them it worked but we have a panel now and you know everybody's on their toes nobody's safe Castle Avon boss James McCarthy there and uh, if there's any West Ham United fans listening to this they will be absolutely swinging from the rafters Pablo Fernandes has put them 3-1 up away to Aston Villa um, Esri Conza also actually got a red card for Aston Villa I mean, the poor lad seems to get a red card every time I watch Aston Villa play but uh, West Ham are on course to be level on points at Manchester City uh, now uh, let's hear from Paul Holland the Valley Rovers manager speaking to Jure Paul Holland, obviously a disappointment for Valley Rovers coming up short in the quarterfinals here today against Castlehaven. You started really well in that second half and it looked like you were getting back into the game. Is there any particular moment that something went wrong or was it just the Haven getting on top? I think um, I'd say a lot of it is we ran out of legs. I'd say they're half us through the second half. Um, there was that initial burst in us after a half time break to kick three points in a row from play. But, um, you know, we, on the sideline there, we were just watching and nearly almost at the same time, four or five for the start and getting uh, in trouble with their legs. And um, I think that was the biggest factor, to be honest. You played very, very well in the first half against the wind and played really, really well. Yeah, but uh, Valley Rose were a good team, like, you know. Uh, we lost to Hallowfield last year by a point. Um, game we should have won. Beat Nemo this year. We lost to Douglas by point, playing very poorly. Valley Rovers belong here in quarterfinals and semi-finals in senior county. Um, it's just, you know, I just feel a small bit sorry for the players there today. That's their eighth match in nine weeks, championship. And, you know, uh, they're showing signs of wear and tear there now. Um, so the only plus side of it is I think they have a two-week break now before the hurling semi-final because we lost today. I hope they get it. They deserve it. They are the epitome of dual club players in Cork trying their uh, playing their trade at, at two high very very high levels when you have to face the likes of Castlehaven Castle Lines Nemo Corsi Rovers there's none of those gimme games and they're after playing eight of them in nine weeks and um, I, my biggest feeling today disappointed to lose the game but I just feel sorry for the players um, you know that they have to face into that Were the conditions a factor as well obviously we were talking to James McCarthy he said they had to change their tactics when they saw the way the weather was going to be, was it the same for you? Uh, we, we, we won the toss, decided to play into the wind, um, just dropped the man back, worked very well for us. For 31 minutes of the 32 in the first half, we had it done perfectly. We got caught over carrying the ball, they took a quick free and broke through for the goal, which you know was a bit flattering to them at halftime, I thought. But it gave us that five, six point lead then to get over in the second half and Castlehaven are a very experienced team. You know, they have inter-county players in each line and, you know, you can't give them that type of lead. No, to be fair to the lads, fought back, excellent start to the second half, as you said, kicked lovely points in play, but just then, when it came to the crunch, 45, 50 minutes, we didn't have the next gear to go to. 
Finally, is there an answer to that then? Obviously, the fixture calendar is always going to be unkind to you if you're a dual club at the high end, but is there some way that you'd like to see that there was more space to, to give dual clubs a chance, or is that ever going to happen? Sure, um, I think it should happen, but logistically I wouldn't know. I, you know I'm only involved in coaching teams and footballers, I don't know the ins and outs of GA calendars or what or what they can't do, but I just think it is, and it's not a frustration, It's I, I've no disappointment for myself, it's, it's all about those players. I can see going from week to week to week you know um, again last year against Duhalla we led all the way it was our ninth game in ten weeks last year ran out of steam again and look I just you know my overriding uh, thought in the game is I just feel sorry for the players what they're trying to do Excellent point raised by Paul Holland there. Um, I think it's something we've seen with a lot of dual clubs. We've we've had some great championship games in Cork since the restructure, but it is putting the strain on those players especially. Um, now, of course, Clonakilty, as we heard earlier with Jar, they pulled off an unbelievable comeback win, and Jar caught up with Clonakilty boss Joe Grimes after the game. Joe Grimes, hearty congratulations, Clan, back from the absolute dead. But you won it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I suppose that's all that matters. Look. We knew coming into the game, if we brought our intensity to the second half, we'd wear them down, we'd wear them down. We were six points down, and a seven-point turnaround there to win by a point in the end was absolutely massive. Some brilliant performances there all over the pitch. Yeah, you really dug in the second half when it looked dead and buried. You, you never lost belief, and that was the key thing. Yeah, look, when, when, when the chips are down, it really... The, the men stand up. When the chips are down, the men stand up. And a man apiece, we stood up and we were counted. Um, how bad were the conditions? Because down on the pitch, they looked slippy. And I mean, it was very windy and wet today. Did you have to adjust to that? Yeah, look, it took, I suppose it took us 20 minutes. Duhalo probably adjusted it better. But yeah, look, when the ball hit the tough, she was gone. But, but look, we accustomed to it and we, we, we got over the line in the end. County semi final, look forward to it. Looking forward to that. County semi final, we'll get over today now and we'll, we'll drive it on then. Thanks very much. A jubilant Joe Grimes there speaking to Jur. And he also caught up with selector Owen Ryan. Owen Ryan selector with Clannacilty um, is it fair to say at one point of that second half neutrals might have expected Clann were gone but somehow in some way he mustered a comeback and he, he got back into it definitely Jerry yeah um, I suppose at half time we were kind of okay with the way we were you know there was only four points in it and there was good win there so we were hoping not but we didn't exactly start the second half the way we wanted it like definitely with six points up like but uh I'm out of breath here. And uh, I suppose, in fairness, we put in a huge finish, like yeah. absolutely huge, like to pull back to six points and go one up as well, like. Yeah. But uh, it took huge work, right? And like there was early in the second half, I suppose, we had enough ball. Like we, we had a good goal chance. Mm. We must. Then there was a few points we should have kicked. We were kind of slow enough to pull the trigger, but the women openly in the, the last quarter and really had a goal, like. And just had a go, and that was that was it. Like, and you know, fair play to him. It worked okay. It worked out. Um, in the first game, a goal by Mark Collins pretty much gave the Haven a lead that they never actually yeah, gave up. Yeah. Whereas when you conceded the goal, you didn't panic. Was that key to it? Well, we didn't panic. No, in fairness, no, the lads didn't panic. The lads didn't panic all through. Like, uh, and you know, we 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 had them set out their game plan, and they stuck with the plan, and they weren't there was they weren't to be trying to win the match. They were trying to do what you're supposed to do, and that's it. Like, you know, and, and it's very good. Yeah, yeah, look, we're just delighted, obviously, Jar. Yeah, the self-belief in this team, because a lot of people have been doubting you all year. I mean, you got out of the group, which was a key thing for you this year. Not yeah. long getting out of the group, but what does this do in terms of a boost to get to a county semi-final for this group of players? I look solid about today, and I was there, you know, it's fantastic. It's a big step forward for us to get to the semi-final, obviously. We haven't been there since 2010, but it's just about today. We're delighted with the win. We'll go back and we look at everything, and we'll, we'll sort ourselves out for the next day. All right. Um, did you think you were beaten? 
like when, when you were six points down? Well, I, I didn't think we were beaten, yeah. but we were in trouble, like. Like you're never beaten until the whistle is gone. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're trying to drill into the lads. Like you just kept them going, keep doing your job, keep doing your job. And in fairness, they put in the last brilliant last fifteen minutes, as I said to Jared there. Yeah. And then what was the feeling at half time? Like you'd had a lot of We're happy enough at half time, like, okay, yeah. like the goal kind of kind of like we had a lot of the play in the yeah. first half and it, yeah, it was tough going up against the wind, like but yeah. we were still happy enough at half time, yeah. we were well in the game. But the start of the second half we got we created a few chances but didn't take them. And they got anything they went up the field listening to score which was yeah we weren't happy at that stage but you know we kept at it and we got there and, and like oh, what list do for you know a fairly young team now in terms of you know knowing that they can get to the latter stages of the championship well, sure, it's brilliant like obviously you know I mean every game you win makes you stronger like you know and I suppose today like we came from a good bit back which, which yeah. was, was fantastic you know and that'll stand to them going forward now we kind of panicked a bit at the start of the second half but we didn't at the end of the second half yeah. Which was huge, like you know, yeah. Like once we set down, set to our task, we were good in the, in the last quarter, like. But we, we kind of panicked a bit. We know we were trying to create goal chances when there was no need to start of the second half. Yeah, like, do you know. And, and Douglas sound in the semi, like it is a Douglas, is it? I, I wasn't sure. I think because they're the top seed and you're the the lowest oh, yeah, out yeah. of four, okay. so like it'll be a team, you know. I suppose like yourselves, yeah. for whom it's fairly new territory. Yeah, you know. So it's it's not as if. You know, you're going in as, as complete underdogs, what's that? Oh, I know, yeah. We'll be underdogs anyway, but... Yeah. <laughs> but we, we don't mind that we're underdogs today, too. Yeah. We're underdogs last three games. <laughs> we're used to that. That won't bother us. Yeah, uh, I just want to ask you... Spectacular stuff there from Parky Cueve on Ryan uh, Selector with Clannock Kilty, and I hope he's gotten his breath back by now. Um, I I think I want to be a West Ham player because they look like they're having the most fun I've ever seen a soccer team have on a pitch. They're winning 4-1 away at Aston Villa. Jared Bone made it four goals to one, and it's into injury time there. So West Ham are going to be on 20 points level with City. Now it's the start of... A huge week for our city, Cork City FC's women's team. Uh, the Rebel Army play their final home game of the season on Saturday afternoon at Turner's Cross. They host Munster Rivals Treaty United. Uh, kickoff is 2pm. There's a huge buzz around this game uh, for, with the Drive for 2K appeal. Uh, this is the brainchild of our friends at the Other Three Amigos podcast uh, to try and get 2,000 fans in the gate of the cross and create an attendance record for a women's National League game. Rory has been chatting to City striker Christina Dring ahead of the game. Uh, they started, though, by talking about last night's heavy defeat to league leaders P-Mount United. Before we get on to, I suppose, uh, Saturday's game, um, I suppose last night's game, it was always going to be tough against the champions, but it just, I, I guess it shows just how good P-Mount United are. Yeah, it's always you know a tough game to go with. And they are a very good team, but I guess we ourselves just didn't perform the way we know we can and the way we wanted to, which was quite disappointing. You know, going in six and a half time was never something you want to be happening. But um, I think we did react well in the second half. You know, we played much better and it was a much better performance. So hopefully we can bring that into next season. Yeah, they got off to a lightning start last night. I think they were three nil up after it was about 10 minutes time. We must have been shell-shocked after that. Yeah, yeah, it was not what we expected to happen at all. You know, we thought we... um, We've played well against them before, and we thought we, you know, we had a good chance. So to be three 0 down after ten minutes was kind of not in the game plan. I suppose it shows you. I suppose the standard that you, you'd like to get to. I suppose, I guess. Yeah, of course. You know, we're always looking to improve, and this season hasn't been the best for us. But um, 
you know, we're always looking to get better and keep putting into performances. It's just been, you know, a frustrating season. We haven't been as consistent as consistent as we would like to be. Yeah, I suppose it has been a tough season. I suppose changing manager mid-season is always going to be a tough for a team. I suppose uh, when Ronan's departure was announced, I suppose it must have come as a little bit of a shock, I'd imagine, was it? Yeah, it was a bit of a shock. Um, you know, he just told us at training, um, you know, the week before a game. So then going into the rest of the season with, although Paul was, he's been with us for the start, since the start of the season as assistant manager, you know, it's still going to be different when um, the manager steps away. Exactly. Yeah. Um, overall, I suppose, Christine, you were, you were kind of saying it was kind of a disappointing season. Do you feel like you've played well in patches and you need to just try and find consistency for next season? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been very up and down, you know, like a couple of weeks ago we beat DLR 4-1 and, you know, we played very well and it was a comfortable enough win and then the next week we go away to Athlone and, and lose that match. Um, you know, it's just been definitely a season of ups and downs and after, you know, last year we finished fourth, which was one of the best, or yeah, one of the best finishes for this team, like to then come into this season and be second from last at the moment you know it's just um, disappointing yeah. so hopefully now coming into next season we can bring in a bit of consistency to the performances uh, It's the start of a, a big week for the club with the, the drive for 2k to get 2,000 fans into the, the Treaty United game set an attendance record for your final game of the season um, what have you thought of the whole campaign it's fantastic isn't it Yeah it's great you know Treaty is always a big game for us but the fact now that you know, they're trying to break this record and bring in lots of people um, it's great, you know, playing in front of a crowd. You know, we always have people at our games, but to have that many more and, you know, the noise that they make, it can kind of give us an extra lift um, right. during the match. Yeah, and I suppose with all the proceeds going for charity as well, it's going to be a wonderful occasion. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not it's not just, you know, the club looking for lots of people to come, you know, it's for a good cause as well. So there's no reason why people shouldn't come out for the day. Yeah, it's at Turner's Cross as well. You've played all your home games at Turner's Cross this season, which has been a fantastic positive for the club. How have you found playing at Turner's Cross? Oh, it's great. You know, um, before this, I think we had played one um, match in Turner's Cross. So to have, you know, all our home games there this year is great. It kind of um, shows that the club believes in us and wants us to push forward as well. Yeah, Treaty United, you've obviously played them this season uh, a couple of times, a couple of uh, close games with them and one at Turner's Cross when you came on the, the, the wrong side of a 3-2 defeat. So you know them quite well. Munster Derby as well always adds to the occasion. Yeah, definitely. You know, we we know them so well and, you know, the players, like they have a couple of players used to play with, um, with us as well. So we know them very well. Um, it's all, you know, no matter what, it's always going to be a tough game. We can't go in thinking anything's going to happen you know we'll just have to go in on the day and um, put in the performance so we know we can Excellent Christina uh, thanks very much for talking to us today uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday where hopefully we'll have 2,000 fans at least at Turner's Cross best luck in that game and we'll chat you soon Thanks thanks for having me Miss the show grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Full time at Phillip Park. 
and it is West Ham who have won by four goals to one. David Moyes' men now move uh, level with uh, Manchester City, three points ahead of Manchester United, uh, firmly in the top four in the hunt for Champions League football at the London Stadium. Now, before the break, we heard uh, from Christina Dring ahead of uh, next Saturday's Cork City women's game against Treaty United, their effort to break the record and get 2,000 fans the drive for 2K appeal um, and of course the proceeds go to uh, breast cancer awareness as well um, now Rory also spoke to City boss Paul Farrell about the upcoming game Right, joined on the line now by our Cork City boss Paul Farrell ahead of the drive for 2K Cork City Treaty United next Saturday at Turner's Cross 2pm Paul how are you sir? I'm good thanks uh, thanks for having us on Rory um, really appreciate all the, the promotion Yeah it's a fantastic initiative Paul isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Um, in fairness, it came out of the, the blue to a certain degree. I only kind of heard about it a bit late. Uh, I was a bit late at the party. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, and with, um, with breast cancer awareness coming in as the, the charity as well for the event uh, on all profits going to that, it's, it's, a, it's a super event now for the women's game and, and that charity. Yeah, and uh, credit you to the lads and the other Three Amigos podcast for getting the ball rolling on this. It's a fantastic idea to, to I suppose, create an attendance record for a, a Women's National League game. And what better place to do it than Turner's Cross? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, it's been a great venue for us all season. I think um, the girls were delighted to play there. Uh, I think it's kind of got to them maybe at the start of the season. Um, the results weren't going our way at home. But uh, once they settled in, the performances were coming and um, we got a few results at home and it's a, it's a great venue. Anyone that's from Cork that grew up in Cork wants to play there. Um, whether it be a girl or a boy, you know, they, everybody wants to play in Turner's Cross. Paul, a tough night out there at the office for you last night against Piedmont. Uh, they're the league leaders for a reason, I guess. Yeah, um, really, really tough uh, challenge going up there. Uh, we had a few knocks, few niggles, um, a few changes to the starting eleven, but... Um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest performance we ever had. The second half was much better, but um, when you're when you're down uh, that amount of goals at half time, uh, I think the opposition take the foot off the pedal a little bit as well. But we'll regroup and um, we, we'll learn from what we the mistakes we made, and we just have to regroup for for treaty. I suppose one positive that's come out of last night's game, Paul, was the return of Zara Foley after a lengthy spell out due to injury. It's fantastic to see her back in Cork City colours. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, she's been back training now a couple of weeks and uh, she's just been buzzing to get onto the pitch. Uh, I think every week now since she's been back, she's asking me when I'm going to get on, when am I going to get time, how much time can I get? Um, so in a half time last night, she was up asking me how much time. So we obviously have to go off medical advice, but uh, yeah, it was brilliant to see her on the pitch. And uh, she made a difference when she came on. She looked like she never left. Um, and it's super to have that quality of player back as well. Paul, how would you describe your season overall? Just looking back at the results, I suppose, you've never really put a run together. Is it just kind of that inconsistency, I guess, that's been kind of your, the story of your season? Yeah, I suppose um, it's been a bit of an up and down season for us. Uh, a lot of downs as well, I suppose, uh, throughout the season. Um, a few tough results and, and then a few performances that we uh, we played really well in some games and we didn't get the result I thought we deserved in some games then. But um, yeah, I think you hit the nail in the head in that one. It's it's the inconsistency, but um, very a, a young group of players and I think they're going to learn a huge amount uh, from this season, um, even with just the likes of Eva Mangan there and and Laura Shine being involved with the, the under-19s. Um, International Eva recently uh, got on against Northern Ireland uh, in their three fixtures. Um, 
So it, it's great to have that youth and, and at that level. And they're only going to learn from this season, um, from all the, the games we had, playing against the P-Mounts, the, the Wexford Shells. Like, we, we ran Shells close in the FAI Cup. But um, we just need that little bit more now to get over the line and, as you say, that bit of consistency mm. in our game. Paul, for, for yourself, I suppose you're coming in as full-time manager a bit through the season. How have you found the step up to, to full-time management? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's something that I, I spoke to, to the previous manager on before. That you know, it's always something that I, I was going to look at uh, eventually as well. Um, and it, it was unfortunate it came at halfway through the season with maybe a few bad um, results. But um, yeah, look, I, I enjoy it. Um, we have a great bunch of girls. Um, they're really dedicated. They, they put in the, the grind. Um, they put in good performances. Um, and it's just trying to get that consistency with them. But um, yeah, we we tried to, to, to stable the ship, you suppose, when I came in, um, and we got our first win at home uh, against Bohemians, and then we went up to Treaty, and we had a, a good result up there. Um, but it is it's just trying to get a few more under our belts um, was was the key, and we didn't get them. So we just got to make sure that um, we we keep the group of players we have, and try and maybe bring in one or two as well, and um, just plan for next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like I know we've got this game on Saturday, but I imagine you're planning already ahead for next season. I suppose the manager's job never stops in that regard. Yeah, definitely. You got to look forward, and um, you got to see what you need and see what you can bring in. Uh, unfortunately, on the women's game, you, you can't go on a transfer market and, and try and buy players, or mm. you know, we we don't have the budget to play players. So you have to in have a look at the local leagues. Um, there's some great players there, and uh, it is a huge commitment to play a League of Ireland. So some players that are in the local league uh, don't want to commit to that at the moment with either their work commitments or family commitments so we have uh, we have a great um, local league here as well um, and, and there's some great pool of players there um, and it's just trying to entice them in maybe into the setup as well and see if they can reach uh, League of Ireland standard as well and, and I know there is players there that are League of Ireland standard um, it's just the commitment is is a big ask for some uh, some women in the, the local league so it's just keeping a, an eye out for them players and having a look at uh, what players and maybe go to colleges in Cork and, and Waterford, Limerick and see if we can entice them down as well and uh, just build for next year And last game of the season is against Treaty United, you've beaten them twice away from home this year, they've beaten here at the cross in, in the one game you played at the cross so far so very evenly matched between the two of you this season and there's always that edit, added spice I suppose in the Munster Derby as well yeah, look, it's a monster derby. It's the ones you, you like to play. Um, the girls like to play it. They're, they're looking forward to it the last couple of weeks already. Um, as you said, the last time we went up to, to Jackson Park, we won 2 1. It was probably the most physical game I've seen in the women's game since mm. I've been involved. Um, there's always a bite to it. There's a lot of Cork girls on, on the, um, the Limerick team as well. and we had one or two Limerick girls at the time um, playing for us as well so it's always that extra little bit of a bite at us um, but it's great it's a good competitive game um, it's always a great spectacle uh, it was 3-2 down in the cross to them and it was 2-1 to us up in Jackman Park so I'm looking forward to the game now on Saturday to, to see what kind of result will come out of it and hopefully we come out on top and hopefully we'll have 2,000 fans added as well at Turner's Cross which will mean I suppose the first time at a women's game for a lot of people and hopefully uh, Cork City will get a lot more fans out of the, out of the game on Saturday 
Yeah, look, we, we'd love to encourage uh, the Cork people to come out and support the girls. Uh, I think a lot of the girls deserve it because uh, even their cup final last year, uh, I know it didn't go our way, but they didn't have their family or friends at it. Um, so I think they deserve this kind of big event and uh, having a big crowd to play in front of um, for a lot of them. And it'd be great to, to have a lot of support out and even um, we we get a, a few, maybe a few regular fans, but uh, it might be great to see some new faces and um, maybe even see some young girls at it to, to see what the, the girls can show to them and maybe start developing role models as well in, in Cork. Yeah, it'd be absolutely fantastic. Tickets available on CorkCityFC.ie. Paul, thanks very much for talking to us on the Big Red Bench today. Thanks very much for having us, Rory. Yes, uh, Cork City boss Paul Farrell there speaking to Rory ahead of Saturday and uh, keeping with the drive for 2K. I spoke to Cork City player Sarah McEvitt today also. Sarah, thanks a million for joining us. Um, last night, I suppose it was look, it was a heavy defeat to the champions and league leaders, Piedmont, but I suppose it just shows how difficult the, the league is. Yeah, it was a, a difficult, a difficult one to take last night. Um, obviously, not the the result we'd we'd like to be getting towards the end of the season, but we still have one more game left. So hopefully next week things um, things get better. Exactly. Yeah, onward and upward uh, to a, a Munster derby, of course, against Treaty United, uh, a team chasing you down in the table, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a big day with the drive for two K campaign. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it now, and I always love playing against Treaty. I think. Uh, the rivalry between the two teams is just it's great like and even I think it's probably one of the best games we could have picked to get the 2000 the drive for 2K like um, just for atmosphere wise and I think you know like in a way um, yeah. it's probably one of the better games to have picked absolutely and it must be a big help that even though you might have some dif- difficult results on the pitch at times that you have this club and community uh, creating great initiatives first of all for women's football and of course for charity as well with this with the proceeds going to, to breast cancer. Yeah, I know it's, it's great like um, uh, how much the club do for us and like the what you're saying there the community of the club like even when things haven't been going too well this season like they're still backing us they're still you know, there's still that drive for the 2K and they're trying to they're trying to keep us going that way. Um, they're not giving up on us, like so. It's exactly. great. You must be relishing the prospect of playing in front of of a big crowd. Yeah, it's been a while um, since I've been playing in front of big crowds. Like obviously because of COVID and stuff. Uh, obviously we're playing in front of no crowds, and now obviously the crowds are starting to come back, and it's great if we could get if we could get past the two K. I'm even in school at the minute, and I have a couple of. Um, students that are actually coming so they're from they play with Cashel Town so there's teams travelling from Tipperary to come to the game next weekend which is great to see Super, yeah, absolutely. And look, I suppose it, it, the season's coming to an end and uh, I suppose it's time to after this game you'll reflect and, you, and you'll go again Exactly, yeah it's back to back to the start next season again I suppose if we can finish off strong it'd be kind of nice to go out on a high and forget about all the past results so if we get a good result next um Next weekend um, would be great for us, even going into the next season. You know, we should finish, finish on a high. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, let's hope the crowd record is broke and that uh, Cork City can get the win as well. Best of luck and uh, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, Cork City player Sarah McEvitt there on the drive for 2K. So get yourselves down to Turner's Cross, if at all possible, on Saturday at 2pm. 
Now back to the Premier League and uh, let's go to the first game of the day which was uh, of course Norwich against Leeds at Carrow Road. Um, it was Leeds who took the three points uh, and they're now out of the bottom three. Ireland's Andrew Amabamadeli uh, scored a super header for Norwich but uh, it wasn't enough. Guy Swindles uh, saw the action. Norwich 1, Leeds United 2. Tough for this to take as far as Norwich are concerned. They certainly huffed and puffed just as much as Leeds did. It really was a frenetic match with both teams desperate for the victory. However, Leeds just had the edge in quality. We saw that when Rafinha put them ahead. Uh, 56th minute coming in, curling in a left foot effort. Norwich got back into it two minutes later. Omobamidele heading home a corner. And then two minutes later, Rodrigo, with the best goal of the lot, fired in from outside of the area, left foot. After that, well, plenty of possession, but not much in the way of cutting edge for Norwich, which means they stay at the bottom. Leeds move clear of the bottom three. Norwich one, Leeds two. And Josh Smith was at Villa Park, where West Ham got the job done away to Villa. Aston Villa 1, West Ham 4. The floodgates opened late on as the Hammers capitalised on the 10-man Villa. Despite the disadvantage, the host did look lively and could have equalised at 2-1, but two quick-fire goals from the visitors put pay to any comeback. West Ham continue their fine start of the season and set a club record of eight straight away league wins in manager David Moyes' 999th outing as manager. It's 11 games without defeats for him personally against Aston Villa, and it's finished at Villa Park. Villa one West Ham four. Now also there were two FA Cup women's semi-finals and it is Chelsea and Arsenal who have progressed. Um, of course, Katie McCabe, Irish captain, playing for Arsenal, and Megan Connolly was on the Brighton side that Arsenal defeated by three goals and ends to nil. So it is Arsenal and Chelsea through to those finals. In ladies football, a rogue reached the Cork County Senior A Championship final earlier. They defeated Bright Rovers in ovens uh, on a big scoreline, 5-2 to no score, I believe. Um, I'm sure the conditions didn't help uh, there. Uh, elsewhere, the other semi-final was supposed to be at 5pm, I believe. It was moved to a quarter to eight. Uh, it was moved to Bishopstown 4G pitch, and that is Morn Abbey taking on Kinsale. Now to the Scottish Premier League. Rangers came from behind to beat Motherwell 6-1 away from home in the in the league uh, this afternoon uh, Fashion Sakala with a hat-trick for Steven Gerrard's side that result sees them go four points clear of Celtic at the top of the table uh, quick round up in golf Seamus Power shot a four under uh, four under par final round of 67 at the Bermuda Championship on the PGA Tour today uh, that leaves the Waterford native 10 under uh, all round and in a tie for 13th on the leaderboard uh, Graham McDowell is 9 under uh, he, was, he was 9 under through 16 uh, the lead was shared by three players on 14 under. Action is still ongoing there. Now, uh, as mentioned, Davy Fitz uh, is in the news. He has been speaking. He's out of intercounty uh, action for the first time since he started as a player with Clare, I, I believe, uh, a run of almost three decades. Um, it is a run of three decades, in fact, nearly four decades. Um, of course, heavily linked with the Galway job, which Henry Shefflin ended up as manager. He was speaking, he's been on the Late Late Show, he spoke about it too. And he's also been speaking to Valerie on what might come next. Joining me on the big red bench this week is former Wexford senior hurler and three-time All-Ireland winner, Davey Fitz. Davey, it's lovely to see you. I said the last time we met in person was in Boston at the Fenway and we had a great time. Yeah, Valerie, it seems so long ago and um, things were a lot different back then, I can tell you. A lot more carefree and no COVID around it. Um, they were great times. Um, but you know what? We're getting back slowly. 
but surely back to something like that. How have you been keeping since? How has the last year been for you? Um, things have been pretty good. Like I, I'm the same as everybody else. Like there's massive changes in your life. Like COVID probably brought around a lot more awareness of things that are more important in your life, and um, probably brought around more awareness of time you sp- should be spending a bit more with people that really matter more to you. And um, while it was difficult. You know what? It, it wasn't bad in ways either to make you to make you look at things differently. Stepping away from Wexford must have been a difficult decision. How has things been since? I mean, more time for golf and Sharon and the family. Maybe Sharon wishes you were still with Wexford and travelling around the country. <laughs> yeah, um, she'd be happy to have me out of the house. All right, um, I, I miss it, Valerie. No doubt about it. Um, the connection I had was a brilliant. Backroom team, brilliant group of boys that played, and most of all, an unbelievable supporters um, base. They treated us all very well. Like Sharon has said it to me on a number of different occasions that the way, she, like the way she was made feel down there, the way she could feel the love from the stand, and that doesn't happen too often in the GA where you get that. Very unique, and um, I will look back so finally at that time and think that was an unbelievable experience and um, I, all I can do is thank everyone down there from the bottom of my heart and um, I wish we could have got that small bit further but we give it a fair go. No, you did in fairness to you and I know that you're probably sick to the teeth of talking about it but over the last week or so you've had an eventful few days I suppose and the likes of you were probably hoping to go to Galway and unfortunately it wasn't meant to be and how are you since that news Davey? Are you, were you disappointed? <laughs> Valerie, I'm actually, I, I'm grand. Um, what's meant for you won't go by you. That's my saying in life, you know. And um, there's a lot more things out there in life besides being a hurling manager that are more important. And there's people that are really sick. And that's something to be really upset and worried about. And, and that and once I have my health, my family has my health, I'll get over it. And um, that's, that's life, Valerie. That's the way it goes. Onwards and upwards. Let's see what's next. Yeah, well, I don't know if you know, but um, there's a lovely Cork Mogi manager role going here in Cork. I don't know what you think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be some crack, wouldn't it? I'll tell you that. Um, I don't know what's going to come next. Um, like, it's the first time since 1989, believe it or not, I haven't been involved in senior level. That's a, that's a while ago. Were you, were you even born at that stage? Um, <laughs> we know. Um that's gas, like, isn't it? That's how long I've been involved at senior level between playing and managing. And every year since then, I've been involved. So it's a big change in my life. And um, am I kind of nervous? Yeah, well, I have a few things that I'm going to tear into, but I don't know how that's going to feel, Valerie. Like, my whole life was to be play for my club, senior level, play for Clare. And that's all that. That was my passion and my dream. I didn't want to. When I was going to school, trust me, it wasn't books I was worried about. It was just getting to play for Clare and Six My Bridge. They were my things, you know. And um, unfortunately, now, like, and being at senior level has been great, but that time has passed, and it's let's see what's next. Yeah. So, would you would you rule out moving to Camogie or something like that, so JV, or would you? I would rule out nothing, Valerie. It feels um, like I I can remember the first maybe ten years I was managing. I often trained three or four teams as well as played for Clare at the time. Um, 
I often help out teams now, no matter what it is. I I think I need just a small bit of a breather now um, and just a small bit of time to recharge the batteries and do something, but would I rule out doing anything? No, I'd be involved probably with someone or do something. Or, I love that. Um, I love the likes of being with any team. I love fitness family. I love doing team building events where we go into companies and just make people do things they don't think they can do. I, you, you know, it, it was never about, I love winning, but it was the reaction I got from people was the biggest thing, to see people with a smile on their face and make them happy. That was my big thing. It's not about the medals I have. It was seeing people and seeing teams that didn't think they could achieve stuff, achieve things. That's that's my biggest thing, be it with LIT winning their first Fitzgibbon, be it with Kilanina winning their first Intermediate Championship, which is very special, with Clare winning the All-Ireland in 13, Wexford in 19, Waterford last Monster Championship in 2010. Like, there's so many different things I look back with, and there's loads of other teams. I can remember being involved with Clare, under-18 Camogie team that won their first Monster Championship uh, with Finta McNamara. Love that. Like, there's so many things I can look back at, and I smile, and it's great, but... The best victory, I suppose, Valerie, is always the next one. <laughs> That's the yeah, thing. True. Well, just to let you know that closing date is sometime next week. So just put that bit of a seed in your head, Dave. You'd never know. Imagine the star online it would cause. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, you, you you might be getting a call yourself in to help me after put me in that position, you know? Oh God, I don't know what I'd be any of good to but in other news it is the ninth season of Ireland's Fittest Family and to be fair Davey it's such a household loved programme now and I think people really buy into it and they love they love the experience of watching it and what the families go through it's amazing It's um, Valerie the most important thing in life is your family and to be able to do an event I've seen the highs and lows of Fittest Family where they've been ecstatic at like doing stuff and they've got over the line it's incredible and then they're messing up completely and they've been killing each other um but that's family life isn't it like there's good days and bad days and to be able to do something with your family is incredible but for people to be able to sit down together at home this is where i knocked the biggest kick is you could be really young to middle-aged to elderly you can all relate to fitness family because like we've had people in their 60s, people in their 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, teens do this. It's It hits everybody. And there's very few programs out there now where you can actually sit down together and watch it. And I'm really proud of that, that we have something. And I can remember the production company saying to me at the start, if you get one or two years out of this, you'll be done well. So we've got, we're on nine and please God we'll get to ten. Do you know something that I find really interesting about it all is how tight-lipped it is? As in, you know, you know a winner a good few months in advance and it's never, ever leaked, which is which is telling in itself. I love that. And that's 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 a testament to the families as well. Like, people have to... Uh, suspense is after. Like, I, I would not leak, no matter what, who has won. Yeah. Um, and I haven't. Even to my own family at home, they'd be dying to know... And to be fair, every year I'll always ask a friend of yours, did David win this year? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't tell us. It kills it. Because I want, I think every year, you know, with the disappointment you grow through when you don't win. So we do want to know, does David win? That, that, that's why that particular friend would be asking me the whole time, who wins? And he's very persuasive, that lad, too. Look, it's great. We can't wait. What can we expect from this year? Is it all recorded and ready to go? Yeah. Um, I'll, tell, I'll put it to you this way. There was times this year when 
I was watching races on set. I had to hide behind the bales. I'm, I'm telling you now, I had to hide behind them. And then I will tell you, there was one involved with myself. I'd love to have gone behind the bales and hit. So it is absolutely, it'll be on real TV when you see what happens. Um, there's a few of the races that are just, you will not believe what you see. Um, how families performed, maybe how they were looking not to perform. It's just crazy, you know, but um, I think you'll enjoy this season. I, I, I'd love to tell you, will I tell you who wins it? No, you won't. Of yeah, all no. <laughs> what, do you know a date that it's going to be on television yet, Davey? It's starting on Sunday, uh, 31st of October. And um, like again, I have to say a special thanks to Lundas who has sponsored us. Um, again, this is their third year doing it. And we really appreciate that. And just as an extra thing, Valerie, to run the competition, Lundas are um, giving away a training day with myself for any club or school that want to enter it. So... There's a lot of London stores out there. Just get in and uh, you'll get your application form or whatever and get it done. But um, I'm looking forward to that as well. You know, you could I could end up any place. And um, that's kind of nerve-wracking as well, but it'll be a bit of crack. Davey, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure now you'll go home and spend plenty of time with the family over the next couple of months now. Yeah, you know me, Valerie, so I will I'd put the legs up and relax. <laughs> of all people, I doubt it. Davey, thanks a million for joining us. It was great to have you. Take care. Thanks, Val. Yeah, former Wexford manager and Claire Hurler, Davy Fitz there. Now uh, we're coming to the end of our show. If you have missed the show, you can catch up on uh, redfm.ie. Connor is on the way next with Green on Red. Uh, I'm going to bring him in here because uh, we happen to be uh, fellow suffering Man United fans at the moment. Um, at least yesterday went a bit of a ways to, to, to quell the memory of the Sunday before. I don't think so at all. I tried. I think he's got to get out. He's got to hit the road. Um, but uh, look, it was a fantastic goal by Ronaldo. And I think you're right. Look, it's, you know, you suffer on as a Manchester United fan because you know that the good times we've had them and we kind of can't really be too ungrateful for that either, you know. But uh, just listening to that interview there as well, I'm trying to find it difficult to imagine Davy Fitz relaxing, are you? Or hiding behind the bale. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, absolutely, Davy. Uh, he, he does a great job of talking up the, the Phyllis family in fairness. But uh, I don't know if you, like, what do you make of the potential replacements lined up for Ollie? Like, I do see it difficult. I would be delighted if he got to the end of the season and got his top four because I don't want to see us sack him. He's a legend. Like, I, I don't, like, it hurts when I see him losing. Like, you know, uh, like, it's so great. Like, yesterday was great when we won. I actually was really happy. Like, it was a terrible game, but, you know, happy enough. But, Conte is one Zidane which I would prefer over Conte but Eric Ten Hag then is another one outsider from Ajax I don't know about Conte Conte seems to be the favourite Listen, I'd say myself or yourself, Aidan, with a football manager video game, we could probably do better at this stage. But uh, look, it looks like it, it could maybe go the Conte route, but I'd agree with yourself. Look, I'd be happier to see Ollie there at the end of the season lifting the Premier League and going, I told you so, do you know? Look, there's somebody I watch a lot on YouTube, Mark Goldbridge. He does a channel, The United Stand. And for the longest time, he was saying, I'm not Ollie out, I'm not Ollie out. And then after the 5-0 loss to Liverpool, shall we just recall that again? Um, he was like, OK, that's it. Now it is time yeah. For Ollie out, he's and been, yeah. I think he's kind of been found out a little bit as well. And I'm sick of it watching him looking at that iPad. 
if even he was at the sideline shouting a bit, you know, making a few gestures, just getting involved. And I think in fairness, you would get that in spades with Conte. So for the whole kind of pantomime quality that is the Premier League, let's face it, soccer is just soap opera for men, you know? And look, some women as well, of course, enjoy it. But I I do feel like, you know, if you've got a Conte on the sideline, he's shouting and roaring, he's getting purple in the face. That's kind of what you want to see because that's what we're doing as fans. Do you know what I mean? I think as well that what what is a big draw for me over the last couple of days that I've read more and more is the kind of root and stem approach he will take to the backroom staff. Conte will bring in a massive backroom team. He'll overhaul the whole thing. That's the only thing I'm looking at in favour of. But like we all know he's going to play. It's not going to be three five. It's five three two basically. Um, and we don't like. There's a lot of players there. Like they're going to you know Greenwood, Sancho. Like, where are they going to go with his plans? I mean, is he going to buy Victor Moses to play right wing back? Like, do we have a big, I don't think Aaron Wabasaka is as good as Victor Moses was, to be honest with you. I think it's time for him to, to skedaddle somewhere else. Like Ray Keane said, I don't think Palace will take him back. Yeah, look, it's it's a hard one because, I mean, you look at the wealth of talent that's currently there and that's just not being used. So, I mean, would it be that much of a difference if a new manager comes in and he has his favourites over, over others? Look, I would love to just see what alternative team exists beyond the Fred and McTominay pivot in the middle of the the, the centre of the field, field um, because I think, um, yeah, look, there's a lot of players there that aren't even getting a look in and you'd have to wonder why. Do you know, there was that whole thing before, if you remember when David Moyes was in charge and was it Will? Zaha, there was some rumour that maybe was he hooking up with Moise's <laughs> know, daughter. Yeah. Do you know, there's all Not these sure, kind of things. So I'm kind of wondering, yeah. have one of the Manchester United... Allegedly. Yeah, have, yeah allegedly. Has, has Donny van de Beek, has he sort of, um, you know, also been eyeing up Solskjaer's daughter or something? Because there's got to be a reason. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I'm going to let you take over from here on out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Big Red Bench of Cork's Red FM. Connor's up next, uh, Green on Red. Thanks for listening. Nice one, sorry if I got you in trouble, Aiden. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.